I'm so excited. Okay, my first question is... Oh, wow. Oof. Ooh, that's, a, that's something to start out with. Right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it depends on who's I like looking at I think I look queer. Yes. I think I I'm look trans. like the queerest <laughs> that I've I ever looked. I think that now that I have short blue hair. For the most part, yes. I think like my haircut is... Definitely I like depends to on hope that I give off the gay vibe. <laughs> Today, I think uh, I do. The queer vibe. What is looking queer, though? You're listening to Looking, Feeling, Queering, a podcast about what it feels like to look or not look queer. Katie and I chat about new Carhartt overalls, the gender difficulty of finding a good overalls fit, and the healing from wearing camouflage overalls. Also, on today's episode, Katie and I realized after we recorded that we had totally forgotten to talk about makeup, and in particular, glitter both of which are very important to Katie's queer expression. Keep listening at the end to hear some beautiful glittery words from Katie. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Great. <laughs> That's all we can ask for. It's really. all we can ask for. Wait, how are you? I'm good. Okay, I'm good. good. Yeah. I'm glad we covered that. <laughs> happy Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. For the folks at home, who knows when this will come out, but we are recording this on the first day of 2019 very exciting all right are you ready i think i'm ready yeah do you think you look queer sometimes i feel like i can go either way like when i when i femme up i don't feel like i look queer but i feel the most myself Hmm. so yeah i don't know it's a yes and no yeah, totally. What are the ways in which you've been told, whether implicitly or explicitly, that you look queer? So the biggest thing recently, now that I, especially now that I've grown my hair out, I used to have like a pixie cut or I would do that like mostly shaved head situation with the long swoop on top. Mm-hmm. But now that I have... Um, would you call the, this the bisexual bob? Oh, I guess yeah, it's more of a bob. <laughs> a, I feel like Pixie and Bob are close cousins. They're close cousins, but definitely, like I've distinctly noticed a difference in the way that I exist, especially in queer spaces. Now that I have longer hair, yeah, and I think also now that I'm in the city, where like looking queer functions differently Mm -hmm. from how looking queer functions in like North Carolina absolutely yeah how does the hair play into that so for me like the the reason that I grew my hair out was to just see what my body wanted to like naturally create (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because I I had I had short hair for 15 years and I said okay if I've never had hair past my chin in my entire adult life mm-hmm. what does that feel like and how does that I don't know what what does it do is it, it it's it like curls a little <laughs> yeah. bit which surprised me so yeah I don't know I the whole beginning of it was just to like allow my being to do what it wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a result of that I'm going the long-winded version. As a result of that, I feel like I dove into my like femme presentation in a in a really intense way mm-hmm. that I never felt I could 
when I was trying to like be queer enough hmm. as a young yeah. queer person in North Carolina who mostly dated dudes and it, it just felt so yeah I feel the, the complicated yeah yeah like if I wanted to even remotely say to the people around me like if I wanted to signal at all to other rural mm-hmm. queers hello I'm queer yeah then I felt like I couldn't be femme like I couldn't yeah have long hair it didn't feel right then absolutely yeah I cut my hair off uh for the first like all the way off for the first time when I was 18 and then it's been mostly short until I decided to grow it out which yeah is, like pretty recently it's pretty wild it is yeah. and it's it's freeing and it feels constricting mm-hmm. totally. and I didn't expect that I expected it's just hair. <laughs> yeah. It's never just hair. It's never just hair. It's really never just hair. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. So at this point, just past your chin, do you think you're going to keep letting it do what it wants to do for a while? You know, I, I always say that I'm going to let it <laughs> do its thing. I had it, I had it like almost to my shoulders mm-hmm. and that felt like I was hidden. Mm-hmm. That felt like I was no longer able to be seen yeah this is like the perfect space between like interesting and fun and Mm -hmm. and feels true to me and it feels like the outside is matching the inside totally and it doesn't go into um (laughs) completely obsolete territory that's so silly it's so it's so silly (laughs) that like truly two or three inches of hair yeah that difference can be so much. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a bit more about hair. Um, tell me about if you've ever dyed your hair and what that was like, and also maybe like the first time you cut it off, what that Ooh. experience was. So I have dyed my hair, mm-hmm. but not in a not in a long time. Mm-hmm. So did you I ever think have purple hair. I did. <laughs> <Check>. <laughs> yeah, I had um, I had purple bangs with like a long pixie cut which sort of like a shaggy pixie cut Mm -hmm. and I really liked that I did not keep it up I was in I guess early high school yeah like you do Mm -hmm. and um I wanted I just I wanted to have fun and I wanted a change it never felt consciously like I need queer hair sure but, um, I don't know. It was just, it was fun. I, I don't think hair dye is really my thing. I think, mm-hmm. not anymore, anyway. What about the process or the feelings around cutting your hair? Previous oh, yeah. to it being kind of always short. So, when did I first cut my hair? It was, it was in sixth grade that I started to go from like shoulder length hair that was just all one length parted down the middle Mm -hmm. like curtains around my head (laughs) um yeah it was terrible (laughs) and uh so I started to like steadily go up and Mm -hmm. do more layers so it was never a one fell swoop yeah I just sort of kept like taking more away and more away and more and more and more and more until it was super 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 short all the way around 
and it was like it felt so good mm-hmm. I loved to feel a fresh haircut with the little bitty short hairs that yeah. felt like you were petting a puppy <laughs> totally yeah. yeah so it was it it happened slowly but then once my hair was short that was it yeah. I remember telling an ex who had long hair that if we switched haircuts we would both develop a full-on complex because i was so like i'm never gonna grow my hair out yeah. then i won't be me yeah. well. <laughs> it's silly it's not real <laughs> yeah all of this stuff though is like not real at all so so real yeah yeah it's a it's a weird contradiction it's truly i i feel like it's all exemplified by that that feeling of like three inches inches, too long yeah three inches too long and suddenly I feel like I am unseen tell me about body hair and your experience with that yeah I'm figuring out the body hair situation right now because I so I like shave my legs fairly regularly and I shave my armpits and I keep a I keep like a a well shaped bush <laughs> manicured a manicured bush <laughs> I don't know I think that situation feels comfortable to me I tried growing out my leg hair one time and it felt so I, I just I hated it Wow. I hated it yeah I wanted to I don't know I think the at the time I was like or the I want feeling or both I think both. I wanted to I wanted to see what that experience was. Sure. And I was <clears throat> so surprised by how uh how much I <laughs> like was over it real yeah. quick. Yeah, totally. Fascinating. Do you ever feel too queer, whatever that means, or not queer enough in different settings? Like maybe jobs or parties or Yeah. I think most of the time if I'm in a specifically like an explicitly queer space I don't feel queer enough I feel like I'm often not all the time but I'm often assumed to be like the the straight girl within the mm-hmm. crew there's also I, I I was talking to somebody about this recently where like it feels c- complicated to assert my queerness in those situations or like prove my queerness in those situations when most of my relationships at this point are like straight passing mm-hmm. it's a it's a bummer and i try to like assert that whenever i can just to like <clears throat> take up the space yeah. that i need to take up yeah, what does asserting it look like visually to you? Or is it more linguistic? Or I think it's more linguistic. I, th- I think particularly, like, within a queer space, it makes me feel like I need to talk about past relationships or, like, reference certain people I've dated so that mm-hmm. without directly being, like, no, I'm not the straight girl at the party. I'm, like, a queer, bi, femme 
cis woman. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to parade right. all of my words out, but I do feel like I have to, like, parade out old partners. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about piercings and tattoos. Yes! Let's talk tell about piercings about, and tattoos! First, tell me about the things that you have, and then we'll talk about the process. Okay. So, I have, um... Oh my gosh, my number just changed. Yeah, it did. The number of my stuff just changed. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tattoos. Yes. And I have one. I, think I have nine too. Really? Yeah. We match. <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight piercings. Yeah. What? I, okay. So I, my, my, Tattoos. I have um I have a couple stick and pokes on my left hand. I have a little I did did both of them, yeah. Um I have a little shining star on my wrist. I have a little equal sign or an eleven on my Mm -hmm. ring finger. On my right arm I have a cast iron skillet. (laughs) (laughs) I have a um a sculpture that is at Storm King that I really, that I fell in love with. Yeah. I have a rose. I have a mountain goddess on, <laughs> on my, uh, on my ribs. On the other side of my ribs, I have a hand that is reaching for the sun. And on my feet, I have the words truth and beauty so that I am anchored in yeah. them and that each step in the world comes from those. I have on my feet the airport codes for four places that mm. feel like home, so I'm, like, walking home. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the placement of tattoos is super, super, super important to me. Yeah. It it feels like they're, they're little portals <clears throat> to different places on my body. Mm-hmm. And I like... I like being a map of my hmm. experiences. Totally. Do any of the content of your tattoos or like anything about the process of tattooing feel queer to you or the process of just being a person with tattoos yeah I think I mean the only the tattoo I have that is pretty explicitly queer is the equal on my finger which I did when I was um I was home from college at my parents house the year that HB2 passed in North Carolina or no 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 no. it was um it wasn't HB2 it was amendment one so it was the amendment in North Carolina that explicitly um forbade same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. and I was dating a woman at the time and I just felt so profoundly that I needed to to mark that moment in Mm -hmm. some way to honor myself it, within a situation where I felt very much dishonored. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I did that for myself that night. And it feels it feels like a like an empowerment tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like something I, I pulled out of the ground at yeah. a bad time. So I love that. But otherwise I think having tattoos makes me feel more visible. I think a lot about queerness, the the tie between queerness and visibility mm-hmm. and what that means not just in terms of like looking queer, but mm-hmm. just 
being seen at all. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. I have a podcast <laughs> about it. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much. There's so many parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, to to have something that is such a big part of you that is not outwardly presenting at all times, it can be, it, it can just be so scary to, like, figure out how to prove it, how to, how to get your community, how to find your people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to feel invisible. Totally. Yeah, I feel the tattoos, there's the part of, like, once you've done it, of course, I think it is a fairly, for most people, and in a lot of ways, I think it can be a big queer marker, but I think also there's something really interesting about the process, um, is, like, a really interesting relationship to, like, pain and, like, deciding to have it. There's something really interesting about, like, obviously pretty on the nose of marking your body and, like, taking ownership of your body. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, like both of us have stick and poke tattoos and I think a lot of that I think you did both of yours and I don't know if you have others yeah. but there is a a lot of history of like queer kinship and stick and poking mm-hmm. other people or just kind of that whole Venn diagram of like radical anarchist queer whatever yeah there's a lot of stick and poking there and I think that process um is really interesting yeah I there's something about like the alchemy of the pain that we choose mm-hmm. when I get a tattoo or a piercing it feels like I am allowing I am allowing this pain to transform me mm-hmm. rather than having it just be pain <laughs> it yeah. it proves to me that that there is something on the other side mm-hmm. of hurt yeah. and it's beauty. Right. Um, beauty that sticks around forever. Yeah, yeah. Like a permanent beauty. Mm-hmm. And the pain passes. Yeah. Yeah, I love tattoos. I do too. I really yeah. do. They're fun. Yeah. And then you get a little you get a little like tattoo high. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's wonderful. I'm like riding Very this wave addicting. still. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got I got this cast iron skillet like five days ago, four days ago, four yeah. days ago. And there's, oh my God, it's also like watching it go through its own journey mm-hmm. and watching the the healing. So even aside from the the pain and the alchemy of that experience, it's so wonderful to like watch your body be resilient mm-hmm. and to take something in. And the fact that it's permanently a scar yes yes too. like the most of mine are is line work and so it's really bumpy like you can feel all right of it, um without looking at it which is also an interesting like tactile yeah, experience. experience totally yeah yeah tell me about your tattoos and the queerness or not of that as well or did i say tattoos i meant piercings Ooh, <laughs> yeah i um i got all of my piercings before I got any tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, so piercing, piercing was really my first sort of lens into that experience. And uh, what did I get done first? I got a bunch in my ears, mm-hmm. and then I got my um, nostril and my septum. Yeah. I think it, uh, 
I'm I'm four eleven, mm-hmm. and so I think part of what I try to do in the way that I present is like toughen myself up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel. I I. I feel less comfortable when I'm wearing clothes that feel really butch. Like, I like to dress femme, Mm -hmm. but I like my piercings to, like, up that to hard femme, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, So that's that's really what they're about for me. And it's like, you can change. They can can be more delicate, or they can be harder and and more sort of in your face. Mm -hmm. Well, in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha! Ha ha! Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about a septum piercing. You should do it! Yeah. Yeah, I probably will. I got, like, a fake one, and I've been wearing it sometimes. Which yeah. Which fun. Yeah. I, um... <laughs> I, I saw a reductress <laughs> uh, post earlier. today, yes. <laughs> yeah, earlier today. Oh, it was so That cool was, though. like... Oh my gosh, what is it? It's, it's like, like, do you really want a septum piercing, or do you want, like, the bi The girls cool bisexual girls table. at the table. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such my, yeah, I was like laying next to my girlfriend and she was on Twitter and she showed that to me and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I've been called out. <laughs> I've been called out, but in a gentle, loving way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so I mentioned before this kind of like radical queer Venn diagram situation. I think there's a lot of similar aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of those that comes up is like buttons and patches and this and stickers and kind of like marking your ideology and what is your relationship to that kind of thing. I used to I used to patch and sew things onto clothes a lot more. I think that that's another thing that feels distinctly um like how I how I present myself in a in North Carolina mm-hmm. or in a rural context versus how I present myself in the city. I used to have like a big camo like punk jacket <laughs> that was patched up and I always put different pins in it. Right now I'm not really wearing anything like that, but I do have a plan. Mm, tell me. I found the perfect Carhartt overalls the other day that I was almost going to order online mm-hmm. for $99 and then mm-hmm. I found them at the thrift store okay. for $10. Ah! Yes. And so, yeah, so now, because I didn't, you know, have to spend all of that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't have to spend all that money, but I wanted them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to slowly but surely start embroidering Mm -hmm. different stuff on them and, like, patch them up a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that feels really exciting to me. So I'm not sure what what that shift is. Everything has been in flux as I have grown out my hair. Hmm. Because having longer hair means that for me to, like, have my comfortable balance Mm -hmm. of how I look, I've had to recalibrate everything else in relation to my hair. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm going back towards a a patchy time, you know? A little patchy pinny situation. Patchy pinny 2019. Patchy pinny 2019 (laughs) forever. Yeah. I wonder um, if this aligns with your experience at all. I find that 
sometimes for myself and in other people I've talked to, there's something about kind of, like, where you are in your queer journey of, mm-hmm. like, earlier on, things like hair dye and buttons and, like, rainbow things are maybe more, like, necessary and urgent because it's, like, really staking a claim and then yeah. there's, like, a level of comfort where you're, like, I, uh, I don't need that um, yeah. as much anymore. And I think also maybe <clears throat> a level of, like, specificity. Mm-hmm. Because I used to wear, I used to wear um, this big chunky macrame, like hippie as fuck, um, rainbow necklace mm-hmm. all the time when I was a young teenager. Um, before I cut my hair, and when I was going shorter and shorter and shorter, you know. Now I would probably not. I I I it, I would be surprised if I showed up somewhere decked out in rainbows. Mm-hmm. Because now, to me, when I think about, like, rainbow gear, I think more about pride as a market. Mm-hmm. Which is certainly, like, certainly a generational thing. I feel like our generation is less into the rainbow as a symbol Mm-hmm. than previous folks yeah for sure yeah. there's something it's so complicated because like part of me is like I'm not really I've never really gone to pride I'm not really into that for a lot of different reasons and there's like political philosophical reasons for that um that the rainbow is kind of complicit in and then like but then when I walk into Target and I'm like, yucky, you're selling this to me for money. But also yeah. like, wow, this isn't Target. Look yeah. The unicorns and the this and yes. that. And it's, it's all complicated. It's all complicated. And then to also like, to go back to the original meanings of each color and mm-hmm. to like talk about the history of the flag, it's super beautiful. And mm-hmm. it's like well-constructed and gorgeous. Yeah. And I was super excited when what was it black lives matter in philly that that the added the, the, the the black and the brown stripes mm-hmm. at the top was that in philly i don't remember where but i know there was also one that was like an inserted triangle yeah that was black and brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you know it's still useful and it's still totally mm-hmm. important and i also get excited when i'm out and about yeah. and I'm at Target and yeah. I see a rainbow <laughs> thing I'm like ah yes yeah but I'm probably not gonna buy it yeah, exactly. <laughs> just take pictures of it yeah um are you a flannel gay um I think sometimes I am I think sometimes when I want to it, it flannel feels less queer to me mm-hmm. when I wear it and it feels more about being from Appalachia Mm -hmm. so (laughs) you know it feels more like I'm hiking than than I'm intentionally presenting in some way what is shopping like for you where do you go do you feel tension around gendered sections and changing rooms and anything like that I don't so much feel tension about gendered dressing rooms as much as I get really frustrated when (laughs) I'm just talking about overalls for this entire (laughs) 
this entire recording. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, my big thing that has been frustrating whenever I go shopping recently is the fit of fucking overalls. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I hate fashion overalls. Mm-hmm. And the idea that <laughs> so much of the time, if I, if there's a pair of overalls that fits me, it is also manufactured and cut and designed to be sexier looking mm-hmm. or to, you know, fit in a way that I don't want my overalls to fit. So I'll usually often just get overalls from, like, the designated men's section. Mm-hmm. And, um... Cuff the heck out of them. And cuff the... <laughs> cuff the heck out of them! <laughs> I, I love shopping. I love shopping. But it, uh, it can definitely send me more into the, the body spiral mm-hmm. than, than anything else. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you feel like you have anything in your wardrobe that feels explicitly queer to you? And I don't just mean, like, rainbows, but, like, when you look at it. Yeah. It's my queer outfit. My queer outfit. So these... these Carhartt overalls that I yes. just got. <laughs> <laughs> Overall in every conversation. Check. Overall in every conversation. And um, I have this uh, <laughs> I have this light blue harness, like a leather mm-hmm. harness, that feels like my ultimate mega, like, I am the baddest bi babe in mm-hmm. all of the land. Whenever I wear that, I truly feel, I feel great and I feel sexy and I feel like I am sending out the bat signal. <laughs> the bi signal. The bi the signal. The bi signal. Loud and clear. Yeah. Loud and queer. <laughs> yes. Um, all of the alliteration and all the puns, what more could you need? I, nothing. Nothing. Do you think about aesthetics in this queer way that we've been talking about in relation to other people, like when you're with other people or in groups, um, and think, are you conscious of thinking about, like, oh, I am or am not looking queer based on the people I'm with, and, like, what are your feelings I feel that that sometimes. Sometimes I feel frustrated by the pressure, whether intentional or not. I think sometimes it is intentional and sometimes it's just more of my insecurity than anything. But to be on all the time Mm -hmm. feels really exhausting. Sometimes I just want to wear clothes that I don't have to like craft an image of my identity mm-hmm. and I want to just hang out with my friends in those clothes but then I'll like get down on myself if I yeah. don't look like cool enough to hang right which is silly because my friends don't care right and I don't really care yeah but it, it it's a it it makes its way. Yeah. It makes its way in. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I definitely am conscious of that part of it. Um, and I have found recently, which is a nice feeling, that, like, for the most part, my basic, comfortable, didn't-have-to-think-about-it outfits 
feel really affirming and good. I'm, mm. I love the clothes that I have for the most part, and that's pretty rad. Yeah, my I think within this like shift that I'm experiencing, I haven't found that sweet spot yet yeah. with feeling cozy and feeling yeah. seen. I think everything, and it's still not perfect because it changes all the time, but I finally found in the past, like, year and a half, two years, pants that, like, remotely try to fit me, and that changes everything. It's huge. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Huge deal. All right. Are you ready for the last question? (gasps) Okay. I'm ready. What is your favorite piece of clothing or accessory, and why? Ooh. You can tell me. I can tell you multiple ones. Yeah, you can break the rules. Okay, I'm (laughs) queering the form. Yeah. So, um, my favorite piece of jewelry Mm -hmm. right now is 100% this, um, it's like a gold hoop necklace, Mm -hmm. a choker, with a moon and a chunk of obsidian Mm -hmm. and a snake. Mm-hmm. And it feels very, like, Lilith, mm-hmm. um, which I love. It feels very powerful and, like, deeply, scarily feminine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like my hard femme necklace. It's oh. my hard femme witch necklace. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I feel, I feel like, a, like a sorceress when I wear Amazing. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then other than that... I really, really, really love my camouflage overalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're ridiculous. They're so good. They're they're really fun. And it's like, I, I think a big part of that is also about um, reclaiming and doing some, like, deep healing for my younger self, who pushed away home in order to explore and like mm-hmm. usher my own queerness into into being mm-hmm. I felt like I could not be from the south and be fully authentically queer at the same time and when I wear my camo overalls it feels like two parts of myself that felt uh impossible to reconcile are brought fully together beautiful yeah what a beautiful way to end yeah thank you for talking to me katie thank you for making this thing happen yeah hey we done good and now here's katie telling us about how she expresses herself with glitter and makeup and what that has to do with queerness hi leia i want to talk about makeup (laughs) so we didn't we didn't touch on it in our original recording, but I wanted to add like a little sort of tag on thing just to talk about what makeup does for my queer expression because it is super important to me. I wear glitter every day in some capacity, <laughs> and uh, I started doing that really intentionally right after the 2016 election uh I remember I just packed on a bunch of gold glitter just gold like kids crafting glitter under my eyes like tears and that felt like a tangible outward expression of both my 
joy in being a queer person and also my defiance. Uh, and it felt really good and, and powerful and empowering to wear that and to use it as a means of um, just talking about what was happening in the world and how we survive the things that happen in our world. And uh, I don't necessarily wear like the big glitter every day. Um, but I do wear, I wear at the very least this little, like little bit of shimmer, like a little almost mica quality glitter under my eyes. And I work with young people a lot. So, uh, kids like it and think it's cool and, um, adults like it because it's sort of twinkly and magic and like gives them permission to also be twinkly and magic. And that's fun. And I like, I like how people respond to it when I'm out and about in the world. And in terms of, in terms of other makeup, I, I do consider my style like hard femme. And part of that is I wear a, I wear a sharp liquid eyeliner, black cat eye every single day. I feel naked without it, which is something that I'm sort of, I, I'm always reckoning with that because I've worn a dark, bold cat eye since I was like 13. I don't love my face without eyeliner. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I thought that my face was too boyish and it was too, um, it was too deep set and I wanted everything to be like more femme and more sort of outward like pushed out and you know I like my face I have a nice face I remember <laughs> I remember um one of my exes told me that I had fireplace eyes and that was the first time that I I had words that allowed me to love the shape of my face and the the deep set of my eyes specifically but um yeah I think makeup for me is a way of reclaiming and experimenting sort of that insecurity experimenting with how I how I deal with that insecurity and makeup is fun like I love a dark, bold lip. I love weird colors. My friend just got me this purple lipstick that's like super dark and almost like almost like a grayish purple or like a deep slate sort of purple. And I love that. Um, yeah, it gives this it gives this like 50s sort of like Betty Boop va va voom vibe to like. <laughs> my overalls and combat boots and it it helps me strike that balance that feels right to me so I love makeup um I love talking about makeup and yeah I think I think that's the that's what I wanted to say thank you for listening to looking feeling query with me Leah Miller Check out our Twitter at LFQ Podcast to see other episodes and great quotes.